You're listening to the Counter Culture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. This generation of college students is the most connected generation to ever exist on planet Earth. And it's incredibly ironic that it's also the generation that feels the most lonely, the most socially isolated, and the most anxious. In the midst of this generation, I think God is extending an invitation, an invitation that says, wait with me, get to know me in the midst of your connection and disconnection. Wait with me, meet with me in the midst of your loneliness. So this book, Wait With Me, Meeting God in Loneliness is a chance for you and maybe a couple of your friends to get to know God, to develop a friendship with God in the midst of being the most connected and most disconnected generation ever to exist on planet Earth. Perhaps it's time to respond to the invitation that God is having for for you to wait with Him. Just hearing that short intro, I absolutely have chills all over my body. What a timely topic of loneliness as we kick off this Thanksgiving week. When Jason Garbery was 18, he had an unexpected encounter with a Christian monk who inspired him to a life with God he never imagined possible. His book, Wait With Me, embodies this kind of surprising spiritual discovery in the context of our loneliness epidemic. As an author and preacher, Jason helps people see the beauty, compassion, and goodness of God in the face of Jesus. As a director of alumni relations, he helps InterVarsity graduates live into their faith and remain connected to InterVarsity. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin. And in the wake of Thanksgiving, once again, right here on the horizon, we thought it would be absolutely impeccable to talk about the topic of loneliness because so many people, even married couples, one of the spouses or both, might feel completely alone. I'm with Director of Alumni Relations, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, Jason Garbery. Jason, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. It's really good to be with you. Yes, you too. And once again, God just surprises me and blows my mind with the topic and the guest that he lines up, especially yesterday being in church with the same topic of loneliness. And I'm like, I wonder what I'm shooting tomorrow. And it's loneliness. Wow. Jason, first of all, you're a husband to Sophia, a dad to Malaya and Serena, and a campus minister with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. How did you even find yourself becoming an expert in helping people on the topic of loneliness? Were you living that yourself? Yeah, what a great question. About 10, 15 years ago, I was doing all the community things. I was a leader in a church. I was a leader in ministry, campus ministry. Uh, We had young children at that time, and it would often be the case where we'd have people in our home, whether it's play dates or small groups from church or whatever it was, we'd have people in our home all the time and we were actively engaged doing all the community things. And I would would have these times where I would stand at my sink and people would have gone home and I would just feel these waves of loneliness. And I thought um, I needed help figuring it out, sorting it out. And so I sought out some help from people who were older and wiser and uh, could help me kind of sort through the loneliness that I was experiencing. And that 
there that advice sent me on this journey to to see loneliness differently to see it as an opportunity to be transformed by god to see it as an opportunity to grow in compassion for my own experience for other people and even grow in relationship and connection with god and then through that obviously develop uh, different skills to connect with others so um, that's kind of how this got started and about 10 years later i was working on the book Unbelievable. First of all, I got two questions off of that. I'm going to need you for a, a one-hour series special here. Um, <laughs> why do you think you felt lonely? Yeah, great question. Well, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think loneliness is a part of the human condition. Uh, I'll never forget, I go to this uh, wiser, older man who I had a lot of respect for, and I tell him my story. I said, I'm just so lonely. I don't understand what's going on. And he listened really deeply. And then he said, oh, Jason, this is really good. And I thought, well, you obviously haven't been listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. It's terrible. And then what he said was, he said, um, loneliness is a part of the human condition loneliness doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you it means there's something right with you and i thought oh my gosh i never thought of it that way and he said you know you can look to me or you can look to other things you can even look to god as a as a as a way to take away your loneliness or you could see it as an opportunity to be transformed you could see it as an opportunity of a, of a deeper work uh, of, a, of a deeper compassion. And, and that was really, really compelling for me. I thought, oh, I want to understand more about that. Uh, sorry, another curveball question here for you on a Monday morning. Um, your wife, when you told her or did you tell her you felt lonely? And then how did she take it? Was she feeling like, what are you talking about? We're married. Do you not feel loved by me? Like, did she take it personal? Did she wrap her arms around you and say, hey, let's try to get, get you the help you need? How did that all go down? Oh, yeah. What a great question. So um, all, yes to all of those things. I think there's the vulnerability of actually even if you're in a married relationship or you have close friends to be able to say you're lonely uh, and not have other people feel like you're indicting them, not feel like you're Blame. what am I not giving you blaming them right for your experience. And so to be able to say well, to be able to work through that, to come to a place of saying, you know, my loneliness isn't because Sophia isn't a wonderful spouse and partner in life uh, or that she's somehow withholding love from me. The truth is all, every person has different capacities and appetites for connection and different types of connections. So I could be deeply satisfied in a relationship with a spouse, but really just want people to pal around with. Well, that's a different kind of relationship. And I'm lonely, not general, I'm lonely for that experience of being able to pal around with people, or I'm lonely for a mentor, or I'm lonely for uh, a coach, or I'm, uh, you know, kind of figure, or I'm lonely for different types of, uh, of relationships. And so, um, so we have different relational capacities. And to be able to start talking about that brings up those vulnerabilities because we can think about it in a too generalized kind of a way. That was so well said. I don't know if I've ever thought about loneliness being as if there's 
different loneliness tanks that could be low. Yeah. I, I look at it loneliness just generally, well, I might be great in nine out of 10 different spots of my life, but it's that one that I keep harboring or feeling grief over. So well said. Okay. We didn't get to any of the questions I wanted or thought we were going to do on this interview. So we're going to, but this was excellent. This needed to happen. This is how we dropped the bomb on a Monday morning. We're going to be back talking with Jason more on loneliness and why the planet seems to be so lonely right now, right after the short word from our sponsors. The following is a life-saving message brought to you by LifeVac. Hi, I'm Arthur Lee, CEO, inventor of the LifeVac. Did you know that over 30 children a day are rushed to the hospital due to a choking emergency? That's why it's imperative to have a LifeVac nearby. It's made in the USA. LifeVac is an emergency suction device that is patented, FDA registered, and has successfully saved over a thousand lives already. Hear it from a real life saved. I tell people LifeVac saved my baby. I had the skills, I had the training, it didn't work. The LifeVac is simple to use. Just place, push and pull to suction the object from the airways. Avoid the ER or worse, get your life-saving LifeVac now. Choking emergencies happen. Get your very own LifeVac now and get 20% off. Visit LifeVac.net or call 877-LIFEVAC now. The Jace case is a pack of five antibiotics. We put these antibiotics together very purposefully. They were curated in a way that covers the most common as well as the most deadly bacterial infections that you might encounter. In addition, it includes a guidebook to the safe use of the medications that is written in a way that's accessible for most people to be able to look up what their symptoms are and what the proper medication is to take. The idea behind the Jace case is to allow everyone to be better prepared medically, to be empowered to care for themselves. Since the pandemic began, our healthcare industry has had to transform from receiving medication to physician visits. Everything changed. Jace Medical is dedicated to providing proper access to medications before you need them. This protects against issues during travel or disruptions with supply chains, natural disasters, and other emergency situations that have proven to overwhelm our healthcare system. Secure your own supply of medication with ease and peace of mind. Use code TINA for a discount at jacemedical.com. Okay, Jason, we're back. We're going to take this from your personal life to global. Let's do this. Um, despite our constant connections, we seem to be getting lonelier on this planet. For example, Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy recently said we're living in a loneliness epidemic. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's a great question. I think nobody knows for sure, but there's a lot of factors that are in play. The design of the move from media that we that we consume uh, as groups to media that we assume we consume individually that's a big deal um, I think the rise of social media that's a big deal I, the the uh, disconnection the types of work that we're doing the highly competitive and highly polarized environments that we're in uh, those are all doing something to us and and the generation that's grown up in this, are experiencing anxiety uh, socially, and they're less equipped to read social cues. They're less equipped to feel confident to share themselves in person. Yes. Um, they are more inclined to send a text to talk about something important rather than 
uh, have a sit down in person face to face. And so there's this these massive shifts that are going on. And yet, um, and, and so I don't know that there's one, but there's a lot of factors that seem to be sort of conspiring to create a, a, a challenging epidemic of loneliness. And and I think it's important for us to recognize the the scope of it because it really is a global problem. Okay, so of course, another curveball from the other direction. A good follow-up to that would be, by the way, I completely agree with everything you just said. What can we do as parents in the home, grandparents, and even, I shouldn't even say it, just kids being lonely. There's a lot of adults that are lonely. Yeah. We see some potential hazard environments what are some red flags we should watch for for someone that might be lonely? Because a lot of times, like you said, you never hear someone say, uh, I'm lonely when we ask someone how they're doing. It's very right. hard for people to talk about. So we have to look for certain red flags. What would those be? Because they're not going to come out and say they're lonely. And then secondly, what are some things we can do to help them through their loneliness? Great questions. Okay. So um, with kids... I think some of the best things you can do is practice, practice, practice. So is practice interacting with them, practice talking about feelings, practice talking about hard things, practice helping them notice how they're feeling, how the people around them are feeling, uh, practice helping them to share their feelings in ways that are healthy and good. So, so anything you can do with kids as parents to help them practice this, the in-person social interaction is going to be great. Uh, looking for flags. Uh, I mean, minimizing screen, oh, sorry, this is a parent thing. Minimizing screen time is really important, especially individual screen time. Mm -hmm. You want to watch a movie with your kids. It's going to be far better for everybody to watch a movie together than to put on a screen for them that they're going to look at as an individual. Um, you know, because as soon as we're watching something together, we can talk about it. But once they're dialed into a screen, now they're not dialed into you. Now they're not dialed into the environment and they're losing the practice of being able to build those relational muscles, which are really important. So that's for kids. For adults, um, I'd say, and for kids as well, you're going to be more vulnerable to loneliness if you're going through a transition. Here's the thing as a pastor uh, that it always happens. People are so lonely. They want to get married. You know, they they come in. They're like, I just want to be. I just want to be married because I'm so lonely. Because the loneliness that they are feeling is the loneliness for intimacy, right? That's what's what's they're hungry for, and I want and I want this. And then they go into their marriage, and six months later, they're I I just feel so lonely in my marriage, and they think they're doing it wrong. They think that there's something wrong with them, and and no, actually. Uh, tr they're in transition. And anytime you're in a transition uh, and change, your vulnerability to loneliness goes up. One of the things that I created uh, for the seminar I do on loneliness is I, I use the UCLA loneliness scale to help people identify their loneliness. And then I created a risks of loneliness scale that people can do. So if you've, if you've gone through a transition or if you, if you uh, have moved recently, or if you're, you've gone through a, a grief or loss, or if you have, uh, if you're in a highly personally competitive environment. So, um, you know, uh, 
if you're in an environment where you're on a team and you're competing, that can actually help you feel really connected. But if I'm competing against you and I'm on my own and you're on your own and we're that, that, that can feel really isolated. So you look at that, these risk factors and you can see, uh, you can pay attention for those kinds of things. Most people don't say they're lonely. They say, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm anxious, I'm tired, I'm depressed. That's what that's what they say. And part of it is because there's three reasons wow. that loneliness is hard to talk about. One is physical, one is uh, psychological, one is social. So we actually need in-person other people to regulate our cortisol levels. There's a famous study with rhesus monkeys that shows that if you take one rhesus monkey, you separate them from the group, you put them in a stressful environment, their cortisol levels will spike to physically dangerous levels. But if you take two rhesus monkeys and you put them in the same stressful environment and they're bonded together, they will regulate each other's cortisol levels simply by being in the same room, in the same environment together. We are like that. So if we have another person that we're bonded to, even if we're in a highly stressed environment, it will help us regulate our cortisol. That's the physical reason why loneliness is hard to talk mm. about because it's it's physically dissonant. The, the, the psychological reason is that it's not a surface emotion. Surface emotions are things like anger, um, anxiety, uh, worry, um, sadness. Uh, those are surface emotions. But if you start to get loneliness is down kind of under the waterline, like an, I imagine an iceberg and so much is under the water. Yeah. Loneliness is way down deep. And so, so it's hard to talk about because most of us live such busy lives. We don't have time to reflect on the oh, the fact that I'm not sleeping well, the fact that I'm having more conflict, the fact that I've moved three times and changed careers and I feel dis you know, like, what is this? Oh, I'm lonely, right? And then the worst one is the social one because we think if I'm lonely, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me, right? And that's that's the why loneliness is so dangerous. Um, as I asked earlier, and this is the wrong way to... to look at solving loneliness. I completely agree. Um, what can we do if we know someone in our close circle is lonely to help them through it? Oh man, what a great question. Okay. So here's, here's how I coach young people through it. Maybe this will be helpful. So yeah. one of the tools I helped create was a, a 10 point scale. And uh, I'll ask people to, to share their social appetite. If you're a 10 on the, on the, on the social appetite scale, uh, that is, you are Ariel from The Little Mermaid. You want to be where the people are. That is you. You 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 just want to be with people, all, all the people, all the time. If you're a one on the social appetite scale, you would come home from school and somebody might say, hey, did you talk to anybody? today and you'd say no and they say why not and they'd say well i just forgot i was just I, I was doing so many other things i didn't even occur to me to talk to people like okay people are different but if you're so you're you're one to ten where are you and um and then after they give me that number i'll say okay now there's a second 10 point line and this is the line of your social risk tolerance so a 10 is you'll talk to anybody anywhere about anything, right? So you, you're going to start a conversation when you're in line at the grocery store. You're going to start a conversation with somebody that you bump into on the street. You don't know them, but you're going to talk to them. You're going to go to a coffee shop and you're going to chat 
to the people who are making your coffee while they're making you your coffee. Okay, that's a 10. A one would be somebody who is in line to pick up a, a library book or in line to pick up something at the store. And it's a highly scripted interaction. You know, may I have a coffee with skim milk, please? Whatever it is. Right. And yet you feel like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm going to have to have this conversation. This is going to be tough for me. That's a one. Okay, where are you? And uh, oftentimes, I did this recently with somebody, they put themselves as a seven on the appetite scale. They were like, I really lean towards, I'm not aerial, but I lean that way. <laughs> and then they put themselves at social risk taking. They were like, oh, I'm like, like a three. Uh -huh. so, so then I was able to sit down with that person and say, okay, what you have, is, you don't have an overwhelming, exhausting, crushing weight of loneliness problem. You have a four point gap in your practice, in your life, between your habits, your social risk-taking, and your desire for relationship. So let's start talking about things that you can do that will help you move towards a four, <sighs> right? What, what little things can you do? Move you from a three to a four and a little closer to a four. And, and ultimately over time, as your social risk-taking grows, the goal is you want your 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 appetite and your social risk taking to to mm. be the same. Now that on its own, if you just practice that, that on its own will will give people skills and practice. If you just coach that and give people skills and practice and help them support them, you are gold. Your content is gold. When we come back after the short commercial break, support our sponsors. They help us find fantastic people like Jason talking about topics like loneliness. So support our sponsors when we come back. More about how to get our hands on this phenomenal book right after this. My name is Glenn Story. I'm the founder and CEO of Patriot Mobile. And then we have four principles. First Amendment, Second Amendment, Right to Life, Military and First Responders. My name's Scott, I'm with Patriot Mobile. What is going on with all the woke companies in this country? It seems like everybody has completely lost their minds, right? No more. This is called voting with our dollars. We need to start prioritizing our beliefs and our values over convenience and comfort. And this is why companies like Patriot Mobile are so important right now. If you have a place to go put your money, you always want to put it with somebody that's like mine. Of course. I think that's the, that's the beauty of Patriot Mobile. We're a conservative alternative. My pronouns are Bible believer, gun carrier, and mama bear. We are the nation's only Christian conservative wireless provider. We're a well-funded Christian entertainment company that's making world-class games for children. And what we're doing is unique because we're building top-notch gaming content that competes with the top of the stuff on the App Store, but that contains God's truth. Whether it's games that are biblical or games that come out of a new world we've created called the Rimverse. I was looking out at the world and I got bothered by a few things. Anxiety, suicide, and depression rates are all-time highs for children, which exactly parallels the rise of social media on smartphones. I noticed that for the first time in American history, less than half of Americans go to church. While over 60% of people in this country, over 40, believe in God, that for children, well, it's only 32%. As a parent, and I'm a parent, and there's a lot of parents out there that we hear this from that want the True Play solution, there's nowhere they can take their kids 
to deliver them high quality entertainment, something that they're actually gonna enjoy and use, but that also contains God's truth, that contains the values that they hold dear. Head over to trueplaygames.com to learn more. Um, yeah. Buy Jason's book, Wait With Me, Meeting God in Loneliness. Tell us about this phenomenal book. What can we find in this baby? Yeah, so what you're going to find is a story, my story, and the story of dis these discoveries that I made as a lonely person, uh, and the journey that I want people to go on in, in terms of seeing afresh and imaginatively in Scripture how God moves towards lonely people and how God will move towards you in your loneliness, and that that that. If we can read and engage our imaginations as we retell and relive these stories, we will find our compassion growing for ourselves, our compassion growing for other people, and our compassion growing uh, in our relationship with God in really compelling ways. You also talk about something massively critical that I want to make, make sure people can get their hands on. If they want to host a Hope and Loneliness seminar at their church, they can check out your website to find out more info about that. And your website, everybody write this down. Jason Gabory, J-A-S-O-N-G-A-B-O-U-R-Y.com. I'd love to connect with your church. We do an online version. We do a in-person version as well. Go get them, people. Jason, you rock. Keep at it. I'll be watching you. If you're struggling to connect with people around you, wear a shirt that gets a good conversation started. Just go to caruso.com, K-E-R-U-S-S-O.com, and stock up. Caruso t-shirts share truth while also being on trend. Be prepared to make new friends this holiday season as you're standing in line getting goodies for your loved ones. Once again, just go to Crusoe.com and put the code word TINA in at checkout to get 15% off your order. Once again, code TINA at checkout to get 15% off everything you shove in that cart. Use that extra cash you saved to give to a great cause. Win-win. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids.